Well, hey there, folks. Welcome back. Welcome to uh, the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike, and uh, today we're going to get into part three of the series, Under God's Umbrella. And we've been looking at a really unique story in the Bible here of a talking donkey that uh, on the surface seems like more of a uh, fairy tale than it does a uh, spiritual lesson. But i got to be honest with you, the Bible is a spiritual book written for spiritual people. Amen? Amen. So uh, today we're going to get into it, and, and uh, uh, Rick... You can articulate this so much better than I can. Just hit, hit some high points, catch us back up to where we're at right now real briefly, and then we'll pick back up where we left off last okay. time. Well, the, the prophet Balaam has traveled to uh, Moab to meet with Balak, the king yeah. of Moab, because uh, Balak wants him to curse Israel. Mm -hmm. But Balaam is telling them all along, I can only speak what God tells me to speak. Mm -hmm. So uh, Balak is trying to get him on a couple occasions to profess a curse over israel and you know they he's twi tried it twice but twice god has spoken no these people are blessed right so that's where we're at now and and so balak tries a third time you know he th he thinks okay well not from that angle not from that angle maybe from a different perspective god will be angry at the children of israel you know <laughs> so he didn't know god very well <laughs> yeah no not at all <laughs> yeah yeah know. maybe if we approach it from this direction then god will be in our favor and not israel's favor so he takes balaam to a third location where they overlook um israel and and you know again they set up the seven altars they sacrifice a bull and ram on each one and then balaam says stand by your sacrifice i'm going to go a short distance away and, and see if god meets with me and um this time, I mean, he just, God speaks through Balaam and just gives a, you know, super blessing right. to Israel. It's all like that, a super blessing. Yeah, a super blessing. <laughs> and um, and then, so Balak has had it. He loses his temper. And, and um, well, what it turns out to be here is, you know, while Israel was submitted to God, submitted and obedient to God, they remained protected and blessed by God. You know, they're they're obeying God, they're worshiping God, they're acknowledging God as Lord Almighty. Mm -hmm. And no matter how their enemies try to curse them, um, you know, first they can't defeat them in war. So now they're trying to defeat them spiritually. And they can't do that because the children of God are under God's umbrella of protection. Right. You know, and they remain there as long as they're submitted and obedient to God. Yep. So um, Balak's strategy isn't working. And he just loses his, his temper this third time and says, well, if you can't curse them, at least don't bless them. And again, Balaam replied, you know, I, I have to speak what God says. Right. Um, I'll just real quick, Rick, can I back up just yeah. one second here? Because there's one verse that really stuck out with me. And um, a verse, if you go back into Numbers 23, right, uh, verse 21. And it reads, he has no bone to pick with Jacob. He sees nothing wrong with Israel. God is with them, and they're with him, shouting praises to their king. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I just wanted to back that up to point that out. You yeah. know, God is with them. That's that's huge. That's the reason why, because God is with them, and they were with God. Yeah. Right? The two yeah. linked together, man. That's why it's so imperative that uh, we keep uh, the Lord first in our lives seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and mm -hmm. all these things shall be added unto you right right and so, including protection yep and they were with god so what happens when we go into the devil's playground yeah out into the world we are leaving god that's right that's right that's and, right and then you know we open ourselves up to trouble yep 
And so uh, after this third attempt, that puts us into chapter 24. And um, so Balaam loses his temper. And uh, he says, uh, I got you here to curse my enemies. And what have you done? Bless them. Bless them three times. Get out of here and go home. I told you I would pay you well, but you're getting nothing. You can blame God. Well, we keep going back to that money, don't we? Yeah. That's like the fifth or sixth time that I think I've heard that something about the payment mm-hmm. to him or what he could bless him financially with. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's still under the mindset that he could buy a curse That's right. through Balaam on his enemies. Yeah. You know, he doesn't understand that the, the decision is God's. That's right. You know? I was about to say, he's still attributing this to a man. Yes. He still keeps going back to that. Hey, you could do, I was going to give you, I'm going to, you know, right. he still doesn't recognize that it's above him. Right. You know, he's still at him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason he thinks Balaam has the special That's power. Right. He's got the power. Yeah. Reminds me of Simon the Sorcerer. Right? right. Yeah. When he said, Hey, you know, let me pay to get the power or I can lay hands on people and give the Holy Spirit, you know, and that said, no, nah, what, what a bad heart, right? You don't right. have the right heart for that, man. Right. Amen. Anyway. Right. And we see Balak behaving like Satan here. Yeah. You know, he, he's paralleling Satan because he's persistent and tenacious in trying to achieve his schemes. Mm-hmm. And um, he rants like a roaring lion. Right. You know, he causes grief. Yeah. And then he puts the blame on God. Man, that's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. That's a good uh, parallel um, look at it. What analogy, uh, whatever that proper term is. But you're yeah. exactly right. Yep. yep. And again, Balaam reiterates, didn't I tell you up front uh, when you sent your emissaries, even if you gave me your whole palace stuffed with silver and gold, I couldn't do anything on my own, good or bad. Now, and, and here again, he's standing his ground, mm-hmm. right? So this is, I think, what, the fifth time maybe? I can't, if we count them up, I can't, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that he's come to and that he's told to do, pushed or pressured, and he still stood his ground. Now, let me tell you something. I'll tell you my life now. Just honestly, I don't think I even get pushed that much. Most of the time after the maybe the second or third time, people kind of give up. Mm-hmm. You know, this is persistence, boy. This is big-time persistence. Right. And even still, and I'm thinking, all right, man, he's got it. He's standing his ground. He's standing his ground. And then let's see what happens. Yeah. And um, But that's a good point because Satan doesn't give up. That's right. You that's know, right. I don't think he, he's not like us. You know, people get tired. They say, well, okay. You know, we we pray for something, and after two or three attempts, we we get hot. You know, we lose our enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And say, well, okay, uh, you know, it didn't work or whatever. Right. Um, but Satan's a spirit. Yeah. He doesn't get tired like we do. Yeah. You know, and so, like you said, most people will quit after the third or try or so. But yeah. Satan, he just comes at us, comes at us, comes at us, comes at us. You know? And wasn't it? Uh, I, I believe it's right. And in the wilderness, after he tempted Jesus with it. The Bible says, and he left for a season. Looking for another opportunity. Uh, so see there? Uh-huh. So he, not only will he not give up, but he'll give you a break sometime. He'll go off and then come back. You're talking about from a different approach. Right. Looking at things from a different angle. Yeah. He, that's exactly what he'll, he'll do. He'll hit you from a different direction. That's exactly right. Right. That's and exactly the fact right. that he's he's uh, laid low for a while, we usually lower our defenses. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I got this conquered or I got this yeah. defeated. And then he'll come back in and he'll slip in. You know, an inch at a time. He won't come in busting the doors down sometimes. Sometimes he'll do like that seed that got planted. Mm-hmm. He'll plant a seed of doubt or a seed of fear or a seed mm-hmm. of, of a lie yeah. into you. And then he'll keep trying to water that seed. Now, whether or not we allow him to do it 
is the real key because mm-hmm. sometimes we'll, we'll accept that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, oh, yeah, and then yeah. We'll, we'll nurture that seed of whatever it may be. And when things tend to go well, we're like, well, okay, my life's not falling apart. I don't need to pray as much. Right. I don't need to spend as much time seeking after God. And and before we know it, we we've kind of uh, we're spiritually malnourished, mm-hmm. and then that's when he he implements his next scheme against us. You know, he's a deceiver, and um, that's his greatest tool is is counterfeiting things and making things look as that they're not really what they are. You know, mm-hmm. it uh, taught a Sunday school lesson on this was uh, how if you've ever seen a puff adder, a snake, you know, mm-hmm. it blow up. It looks three times its actual size but really truly it's small and that's what satan does as well he'll, he'll take something but and he'll blow it up and blow it up and make it look different and we won't even sometimes recognize what it is until we're already too deep and that's the reason we're, we're right that's why we got to keep on top of these things keeping our prayer life uh keeping our, our 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 time of fellowshipping and so on and so forth so that we can recognize these when they come in uh, into our lives nobody uh, and i know i'm getting off on a tangent here rick i'm sorry i'm gonna come back though but real quick i've never met um anyone who has ever cheated on a spouse that woke up one day and just said today is the day i want to i want to cheat on my wife mm-hmm. or on my husband yeah. it's never happened that way it's one step one flirt one wink one soft mm-hmm. touch whatever at a time until it gets to that to that mm-hmm. that's the way the devil works with these things right and you you see in movies all the time well you know we didn't plan it it just happened right, right. <laughs> now the the devil knows and he uses our weaknesses and things like that to right those things in us but you're right he'll yeah. not stop he may live for a season but he'll come back yeah all right back on point okay. sorry about that so we see here that uh balaam couldn't curse israel uh he could only bless them since they dwelled under god's umbrella of protection Yep. Because they were, he, God was, you know, they were with God, praising him, and God was with them, mm-hmm. watching out over them. Okay, but that's all about to change. All right. Okay, so we see in uh, Numbers chapter 25, it says, While Israel was camped at Acacia Grove, the men began to have sex with Moabite women. It started when the women invited the men to their sex and religion worship. They ate together and, and then worshiped their gods. Israel ended up joining in the worship of the Baal of Peor, and God was furious. His anger blazed against Israel. Mm-hmm. All right. So just like you were saying, right. subtly planting right. a seed, these women came and they started, you know, talking to the men of Israel and then they enticed them to, oh, just come and, and eat with us at our banquet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so they came and ate with them at their banquet. And then, you know, um, it's like the slippery slope, yeah. you know, not only did they end up eating at the banquet, but they ended up worshiping the false god and then engaging in sex and religion rituals. I could hear it now. You don't have to participate. Just come for the food. Right. You don't have to do this. Just come and do this. Or, you know, the yeah. most, we don't expect you to do that. And well, that's today's world too. Mm-hmm. Just come on. Look, you don't have to agree with this. You don't have to do this, but you're coming for this. And then you get over there and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Right. Yeah. 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 So just stay out of the devil's playground altogether. That's right. That's exactly right. It's the safest thing to do. So they end up worshiping a false god. And so, of course, God being a jealous god was furious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In Exodus uh, chapter 23, verse 24, he specifically, specifically told them, You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works. But you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. Mm-hmm. Well, Israel just did the opposite. Yeah. The men of Israel just did the opposite. 
And so a plague came upon the people of Israel. So often we forget the word of God. Mm-hmm. Because, because you don't hear from him every day doesn't mean that what he said to you two months ago still isn't applicable. Right. And we do that quite often. Yeah. I, I, at least I believe we do. Yeah. You know, we hear something, we be, we're on it, but then when we don't hear something else from it, we, we tend to forget that and mm-hmm. move on. And this wasn't just happenstance. Um, this didn't occur out of happenstance. This was a, a this was a scheme. Right. Uh, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, it reads, But I, ha- I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Yep. So it was all a planned scheme. The women didn't just wander over there right. and, and, and want to make new friends. Yeah. Okay, they were purposely sent over there with the intent of wooing the men of Israel to their worship rituals and to get them engaged in, in idol worship. You know, and, and look at today's society. What's the number one driving thing you see on television? Sex, 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 sex. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything is about that lustful eye, boy, to get yeah. you enticed. And, and nowadays it's all manner. That's right, all manner of sex. That's right. right. We've moved now to what was acceptable sexual content as now all sexual content is mm-hmm. now acceptable and yeah it's it, it just uh and I'm, I'm not saying any of it's acceptable but what i'm saying is from the world's point of view it's just gotten more and more perverse mm-hmm. and with that perversion it's become acceptance yeah. and, and it's now it's getting to their normality which reminds me back in noah's time that's right right everybody did what was right in their own that's eyes right. that's exactly yeah. right that's yeah. exactly right yeah, and, and when you have a sin nature dictating your moral standards, you know, you're going to yeah. have a, a, a society of, of sin running rapid. Yeah. You know, I believe that people don't want to believe in a God because they don't want to believe in accountability. Yes. If there's a God, there has to be accountability, which mm-hmm. means that you have to make a choice between right and wrong. But if there is no God, then there is no accountability, which means that whatever you want to do is mm-hmm. fine as long as it's held by your own personal right and wrong beliefs right. and how skewed those are. Yeah. Yep. 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 It sounds like situational ethics. Yeah. That's well, right. in this situation is okay to do this because that's what I think. That's right. In that situation, it's okay to behave a little bit differently yep. because the situation is differently that's and it just makes sense to me. <laughs> that's right. There is you know? no black and white. This is the line. Don't mm-hmm. cross over it kind of thing. That's yeah. right. And, but you know, the problem with that is everybody's situation is different. Right. So everybody's situational, uh, ethnics or ethics, um, would be compromised based upon what they have and no two would align alike. Right. And, you know, whether you, you embrace that or not, the bottom line is God is the only one that can establish right and wrong. That's right. That's and exactly. he is the ultimate judge and everyone will be stand before him and be judged according to God's standards. That's right. Not according to, you know, what your college professor taught you. That's you know, exactly that's not right. going to do you one bit of good on judgment day. You're exactly right. But that's not what everybody in the world wants you to think. And right. That's, you know, yeah. it's unfortunate, but we knew this because it's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not a surprise to those who are believers, right, and know the Word of God. Yeah. So. Um, jumping up to Second Peter chapter two, verse fifteen, uh, the Scripture tells us they have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. There's that flaw. Yep. You know that seed was planted. You know he the the love of money. Is the root of all evil. That's right. He That's loved right. the wages of unrighteousness. 
that wealth kept pulling at him, pulling at him, pulling at him. Even when he, you know, even when God got his attention by having a donkey talk to him Mm -hmm. and opened his eyes to see that angel about to smite him, that wasn't enough. That, you know, that, that got him on track temporarily. But again, over time, that seed that Satan planted just kept growing and growing and growing. And, um, Balaam eventually succumbed to it. Well, you got to remember, and Balak helped that, right? Yeah. I mean, he constantly made sure it got brought back up again and again and again. That's true. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we get over it. We, we may pass the temptation to something, but then, you know, it's when it gets brought back up into our face. We're not bringing it back up. Maybe we've, we've settled the issue, but when it gets brought back up, now we've got to redeal with it again. Mm-hmm. And that's why Balak was being used there is throwing it back in your face over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so, um, you know, he wanted that wealth so badly that he just finally gave into it and came up with this scheme. Um, because in one of his messages, he said, God's with them. They're with God praising him. Okay. Well, let's get them to praise a, a, a demon God. Right. And then we'll, you know, God's attitude will change. They'll be out from under his protection. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. So even though uh, Balaam was a prophet of God and he had an anointing on him, you know, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Mm-hmm. But even though there may be uh, a strong anointing on somebody, um, you know, that remains on them regardless of how they choose to behave. Right. Regardless, you know, someone could have a great anointing on them. God won't pull it back even though they choose to live like a low-down, dirty dog. Right. You know, they'll have to account on Judgment Day. Yeah. You know, God will say, I gave you this great anointing. You could have blessed humanity. You could have done this for my kingdom. So that's going to be judged harder. Yeah. Explain yourself. Yeah. You know, and so that's going to be a tough day for, you know, people that uh, don't appreciate God's anointings and gifts. Yeah. You know, and implement them. Yeah. Um, but so even, you know, a person can have an anointing on there. They can be in a ministry, yet they're still prone to, they still have the propensity to sin. So don't be shocked when you see that. Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to, everybody's going to fail. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to fall. Uh, yeah. To what degree, though, is, is is a big thing. And then how quick are they to repentance? You know, Daniel or David, you know, over and over and over. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, God said he was still a man after his own heart. He was so quick for his repentance and uh, repentance, change of mind, right? Mm-hmm. Not just I'm sorry, but yeah. trying to make a complete and opposite directional change with that, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know. And so people also, when you see ministers or pastors, preachers, pastors, whatever, people that are out there and you look at them and they have fallen and then you wonder, why do they still have a movement of God in their church or mm-hmm. in their ministry? And that relates to that. Now, I will tell you, I believe the effectiveness obviously is impacted greatly based mm-hmm. upon that. Right. If you lose credibility in the eyes of people, then you're going right. to, you're going to reach, you're, you're not going to reach as many people. That's exactly right. Which for every person that's called to God, uh, that's the number one goal is mm-hmm. to spread the gospel and bring people into, into Christ. And then those that are in Christ help mature them into Christians that then become teachers. That's the whole, that's the whole premise of anyone who's called into ministry. That's what they should be doing in their daily actions, mm-hmm. you know, that they do. Yeah. So, uh, jumping back to chapter 25 in Numbers, verse 16 through 18, uh, God spoke to Moses, From here on, make the Midianites your enemies. Fight them tooth and nail. They turned out to be your enemies when they seduced you in the business of Peor. And that woman, Cosby, daughter of the Midianite leader, 
the woman who was killed at the time of the plague in the matter of Peor. So, you know, these people made themselves Israel's enemy when they schemed to cause Israel, you know, to seduce him into idol worship and sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. So God declared, you know, they're your enemy here on out. And, and, you know, ultimately, you know, the Midianites were destroyed by the Israelites. Um, Numbers chapter 31, verses 7 and 8, it says, They fought against Midian as the Lord commanded Moses and killed every man. Among their victims were Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, the the five kings of Midian. They also killed Balaam, mm-hmm. son of Beor, with the sword. So Balaam, in all his lust for wealth, uh, he was wealthy for a short time, yeah. but it cost him his life. That's right. That's right. And see, and that's the way it is with, you know, the devil will plant a seed and, and that uh, allure of sin will entice us. And, we're you know, the, the pleasure of sin lasts for a season and, and, and we embrace it, but it always ends up in regrettable consequences. Oh, absolutely. Always. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But we just we just don't you know, we're we're too nearsighted. Yeah. You know. Uh I have this desire, you know, I'm enjoying it, and but we're not looking you know, King David, you brought up King David earlier. Uh, you know, he desired Bathsheba. Um he took her, plotted to kill Uriah. Um and he repented so he was, you know, God forgave him, but there were consequences. What you reap, you sow. Yeah. So his family, his children were plagued with scheming and sexual immorality and backstabbing and murder. Yep, that's right. He brought, he brought that. Can you imagine how their lives might have unfolded if David hadn't done that? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he brought that into his family. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we can never say, well, it's my life. It only affects me. You know, no man is an island. Right. We are all intertwined. That's right. How we live our lives will positively or negatively impact others, specifically our loved ones. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Rick. Um, and finally, down here in uh, Numbers chapter 31, verses 15 and 17, um, Moses scolds Israel. He says, have you allowed all the women to live? He asked them. They were the ones that followed Balaam's advice and enticed the Israelites to be unfaithful to the Lord in the Peor incidents so that the plague struck the Lord's people. So we see here it was Balaam's advice mm-hmm. to uh, Balak and the people of Moab. Hey, do this. Um, seduce the men of Israel into sinning and then they'll forfeit God's protection. Yep. So it was all uh, it was all a scheme in the end um, perpetrated by Balaam because he wanted that wealth. That's right. That's right. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, uh, so the people of Israel, the Israelites there, while all this is going on, you know, they're down there doing their thing. All this scheming is going on unnoticeable to them at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great parallel for us to know, too, and to remember that, that even though, because they were down there, they were doing the right thing. They were worshiping God. They were with him, so on and so forth. But all this kind of scheme was going on behind their backs, out of sight. They had no idea of what was really transpiring back there. Mm-hmm. That happens in our life. That's what the devil does a lot of times back right. there. And yeah. so we get back into your topic here under God's umbrella yeah. with that, right? Stay stay in God's camp. That's stay right. under his umbrella of protection. That's exactly Stay right. out of the devil's playground. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a wonderful lesson. Yeah, and, and it just reminds me of a Passover in Egypt. 
as long as the Egyptians stayed in the house that had the protective covering yeah. of the blood, um, they were safe. Yeah. If they went out into the streets, they stood a chance of being killed by the death angel. That's right. Uh, uh, Rahab in Jericho, as long as her family stayed in the house mm-hmm. that was marked by protection by the scarlet thread, mm-hmm. um, they were safe. Yep. But if they went out into the streets, they stood the chance of getting killed by a, a Israeli soldier. Yep. And you know we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And as long as we stay in God's house, obedient to him, we're protected. But if we go out into the streets, into the world and Satan's domain through rebellion, sin, or whatever, you know, we stand a chance of getting harmed. Right. I got to tell you, man, that is, that's a very good, valuable lesson for us to learn right there, my mm-hmm. friend. And, uh, you know, some ways that we can stay under that uh, umbrella is to stay strong in our prayer life. Stay strong in our scripture reading, mm-hmm. stay strong in our fellowship with other believers, and stay strong in our in keeping God in the kingdom of heaven first in everything that we do. Amen. Right. And then when the temptation comes where a friend is trying to entice us to go somewhere we know we shouldn't be, that's right. don't go. That's right. That's right. Well, Greg, I really enjoyed today, my friend. Yeah. And, and that's it for today here at Red River Rising. And we hope that you got something out of it. Remember to stay in God's camp and enjoy his loving protection. And until next time, um, continue to prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. <laughs>